Good morning, good people. It's your host, B.A., back on your head once again with another episode of the Just My Opinion podcast. Your ears could have been anywhere in the world, but they are right here with your boy. Good weekend, good weekend sports. Going ahead and jump right on into the NBA news. The NBA is back in action starting today. The moratorium is done. Free agency can start and people can start making trades, handling their money, all things of that nature. Let's start with the latest mark draft CBS Sports that came out. Anthony Edwards is now number one going to Minnesota. They got James Wiseman going number two to Golden State. LaMelo Ball is sitting at number three going to Charlotte. Like I reported on last week, his draft stock was starting to go down. They say he didn't necessarily interview well. Uh, He's been starting holding some workouts. Previously didn't really have any. Now he had like three or four in one week. Um, Let's see what goes on with that. Uh, Just... uh, some things to point out while kind of just watching out. Uh, a lot of people don't think that he's a lock anymore. Detroit still seems interested. I watched some film on him and his team. Um, their team definitely was one of the worst uh, in their league before and after he got there. A big concern is that although he can score, he can't really shoot. Shoot. Um, kind of a way to look at that and say, okay, you can score. Yeah, you score points, but let's look at your free throw percentage. That can kind of tell you whether they'll be able to shoot on an NBA level. Um, they kind of compared him to his brother who could score at UCLA. Look at his free throw percentage. Wasn't that good. It's translated to the league. Um, another good point was just looking at his pick and roll reactions. Uh, I didn't. I never really saw that somebody could be timid of being open on a pick and roll. It kind of looks like if the big man kind of draws back a little bit and guards more of the rim than the actual player coming off of the pick. He kind of really doesn't know what to do. You'll get some fast floaters, some real high floaters, or some turnovers here or there, even though he does have a handle. That was pretty cool to look at and get see breaking broken broken down like that. Um, but it'll only get better. The, the draft this year seems to be more about need. Um, and going forward, like the next two drafts will kind of have – the franchise changers in there. But getting back into the draft, um, some sleepers that I want you to be uh, cognizant of. Obi Toppin, of course, he's kind of at the top, but he's not really a sleeper. But um, I've been seeing him going to Cleveland a lot. Uh, it's pretty cool for going to Cleveland just because he's a little bit smaller, athletic forward, just to switch up. They've been drafting guards heavy, heavy over the past few drafts, so it'll be good to see them pick something else. Um, if they do get Obi Toppin, it'll be cool to see if – Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson stay, especially if everything with the money is going down. Look for those two to maybe be on the move. Another player to watch out for is Killian Hayes. Um, They got him projected to go to Detroit. He plays overseas, kind of like a James Harden player. Uh, Maybe that's just my comparison because he's a lefty, but he's very crafty with his dribble. Uh, He has the step back game. Um, That'll probably translate over well to the NBA. Another name that you may know and haven't heard in a long time, RJ Hampton, who went overseas. With LaMelo Ball, they played in two separate locations, but they both went around the same time. Uh, they have him projected to kind of go to Boston. Some other names, Cole Anthony, they have him projected to go to Brooklyn. I don't really care for that. I don't really feel like Kyrie is a point guard you want to learn under, at least at this moment. Trey Jones, they have him going to Miami. That's cool. He can't score, but he can do everything else. And I think that's just kind of what Miami needs, especially with who knows what's going to go on with Goran Dragic going forward, um, him piling up injuries and getting older. Um, but it's just a good guard to be able to run your offense, which he can do. Um, a name that I don't want anybody to forget, 
Cassius Winston, I loved him at Michigan State. He would be a great addition. He's a little bit on the short side, but as far as knowledge um, and everything else that you need as far as the intangibles for the game, he definitely has it. Like I said, I loved him at Michigan State. I love everybody who really comes out of Michigan State. They always end up producing great players. So if that's another you know, thing you can use to gauge him, use that. Uh, a bright moment that I looked on at ESPN, they had the high school showcases on last week. I saw Mikey Williams up close and personal, at least from my TV screen, I guess. Um, other than, you know, YouTube and Instagram, he's a social media star. 10th grade, uh, one, I guess the top 10th grader in the nation right now, if you haven't seen him. Um, looks real good, but he looks like he's in... 10th grade, pretty much. He can score whenever he wants to. Doesn't really get anybody involved. Doesn't have the best motor. Uh, if you if he's in a game with other top players, especially if they're older than him, um, he kind of dims down a little bit. He doesn't back away dim down, but obviously you hear those other players' names before you hear his. It's pretty much all that I'm saying. But moving right along, uh, as I also pointed out, that there is no CBA money loss, at least for this year. They're going to leave it as it is for right now. They'll probably fix some things going forward. Free agency is coming. The moratorium, like I said at the beginning of the show, has now ended. Uh, some big news. Anthony Davis opts out of the final year of his deal worth $28.7 It's probably just trying to ink a longer deal with a little more flexibility and protecting himself in the future. It's really no biggie. Um but it's probably more to follow, but I hope the ethics from both sides, the players and the organization side, it works out the best. It's going to be some real, real, real tricky things going on. Um, but in other big news in the NBA, uh, we have a problem in Houston. Houston, we have a problem. Westbrook wants out. James Harden don't want to play with Westbrook or whichever one. They don't, they don't want to be there. But let's look at Westbrook. Because uh, I think that he's the hardest piece to move. Uh, I think at this point you do whatever you can do to move him. But, you know, he's definitely going to be the hardest one. So let's look at him. Westbrook is definitely over the 30 hill with multiple injury. I think he's pushing 32, if I'm not mistaken. He has $131 million left on his contract over three years. Man, OKC didn't work. Houston hasn't worked. Clearly you want the leader of a team. You have the second most shots attempts in your career at 22 last year is what you shot. Um, I guess it helped because your percentage from the floor went up to 47, I guess, as you were the big man, quote unquote, in that offense. But 25% from three is atrocious. It's just atrocious. Uh, for his career, Westbrook shoots under 40% from three to 10 feet, 10 to 16 feet, 16 feet to the three-point line and the three-point line and beyond. Under 40% from all those locations. So pretty much if you ain't dunking or doing a layup, you really seem non-productive. But, hey, just just send them to the Knicks and, you know, we'll jump in with chair farm all the dunks and, you know, the passes you think are good passes are really just dumps for other people. But, you know, whatever. We've talked about that. But James Harden and the Nets possibilities, um, they say he was uneasy about Houston's chances, which is kind of pushing his – you know, his way out. I don't know why that just thumped you in the head now, but, you know, hey, we all realize things at different times, so if you're a little uneasy, let's let's go ahead and look at that. I'm still hung up on the collective coaching environment that's going to go on in Brooklyn. I don't think it's going to work. It's too much scoring, not enough ball handling, high-level decision-making. Um, KD and James have talked about playing together. I, I guess KD is 
talked about playing with everybody. Um, we'll see how that goes, but I definitely don't think he's going to Brooklyn. I don't, definitely don't think Brooklyn should give up the young pieces that they have to try to get James Harden under any circumstance. But if you do, it'll you know be some good things for the city of New York, you know, Brooklyn, Jersey area. Do what you do. Uh, but moving right along into some other news, six-man Dennis Schroeder is headed to the L.A. Lakers. Uh, he was just traded for Danny Green and the number 28th pick in this year's draft. That's pretty cool. I think it gives him some much-needed bench scoring. I don't know if he's going to start. Um, we'll just have to see. I don't make those types of predictions right now, but whether he's starting or you know, off the bench definitely is a boost from their from their guard position. He's not that big, but he plays good, pretty good defense from time to time. Um, I like him. Average nineteen points was in the running for the six men of the year last year. Um, it was just it just really looks like they were gearing up for Rondo to leave or maybe Avery Bradley to leave. Um, we'll see what what goes on with that. I don't think Danny will be in OKC long, but if he does have another just chill year on his contract, he may just go over there, plop down for a year, and then you know slide out. Especially if Chris Paul is still there, we we'll have to see what goes on with that. But moving on to the meet and in the NFL, starting out with Thursday night football, the Colts beat the Titans 34-17. Phillip Rivers went 29-39 for 308, one touchdown, and no turnovers. My boy. The second half was very terrible for Tennessee, as we've been saying over the past couple of weeks, when Derrick Henry kind of gets stuffed, even though he did pretty good, 19 carries for 103, they become pretty average. But both teams are still 6-3 and three atop of the AFC South. Moving right along, my G-Man got a win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, no running backs, no problem. We still run the football. Uh, Galman had two touchdowns. Danny Downs went 21-38 for 244 yards. Carson Wentz is not looking good, and that horrible lead that you had in the NFC East is going away. The Giants are now second in the division and have a two-game win streak, my boys. And Danny Downs has posted no turnovers in the last two weeks. Just giving my team a little bit of shine. The Falcons were on a bye week, so it's my turn to get a G-man a little bit more shine at the beginning of the show. My boys, the Detroit Lions beat the Washington football team 30-27. The Lions are staying relevant in their division, going to 4-5, and five, if you want to call that relevant. Alex Smith is still playing. Uh, he went 38 of 55 for 390 yards. Stafford threw in three TDs, going 24 of 33 for 276. The Lions win at a last second field goal, man. So they're still staying alive. Um, the Packers are still the best in that division, but hey, I like the Vikings and the Lions and even the Bears. That is the most competitive division from top all the way to bottom, even though there's some better schedules and standings and other divisions. But I just think from top to bottom, they, they scrap the best. You'll never, there's really not a clear cut number one in my estimation, even though it looks like the Packers are that team. But moving right along, the 9-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Move on after they beat the Bengals 36-10. Big Ben didn't practice the whole week, but still came out, did 27-43 for 333 yards and four TDs. They have a pretty much easy schedule the rest of the way, especially over the next 45 games. But, hey, you play who you play. They got the Jags, Ravens, who they already beat, Washington football team. The big test will be the Bills on December 13th. That would be a good one. And then the Bengals. All teams that they've either beat already or probably can beat that Bills game 
will be pretty interesting. Let's see how they kind of recover after their letdown yesterday. But moving right along, the Rams beat Russ and the Seahawks 23-16. Uh, Russ is all alone. The Rams have quietly put together a good season. They've been competitive over the, about the last month. Uh, besides that one little blunder they had against Miami, even though they played good in that game as well. Uh, Jalen Ramsey completely shut down DK Metcalf yesterday. He only had two catches, had one big drop that could have broke some things open. Uh, but yeah, man, the Seahawks are going down, losing three out of the last four. They got Kyler Murray and all his heat coming up this Thursday. It's a six and three, three way tie at the top of the hardest division of football. I know I just said the NFC North was very competitive. I just I just can't find a clear-cut number one. This division is kind of the same. Probably, I guess it might even be better, but I, I just think it's more, it's more competition in the other one as far as finding the clear-cut number one. Right along, the Saints defeated the San Francisco 49ers 27-13 to go to 7-2. Breeze didn't play in the second half. He got it, got his, his ribs banged up a little bit. We saw Jameis sighting. Side note, where is Marcus Mariota? Haven't heard his name. We used to compare those two quarterbacks, but that doesn't mean anything right now. He looks skinny, too, looked real in real good shape. Let's just see what he does if Drew Brees can't go forward. Uh, long story short, the Saints are driving the NFC South car right now. Uh, the, their next couple of games go to – they go to Falcons, the Broncos, Falcons again, the Eagles, and then they have the Chiefs in Week 15. Uh, that's a pretty nice little cruise until you get to the Chiefs. They're the number one seed as of now. Let's still watch out for Drew and see how that goes. The Texans lose 7-10 to to the Browns. It was a low-scoring game. Only real highlight of that game, Nick Chubb runs out of bounds with 107 left to play, kind of in the Todd Gurley situation. So that's the only headline from that game. Should he have went in? Should he have not? He still finished with 19 rushes for 126 yards. Uh, I'm pretty sure he doesn't care that he didn't cover the spread. Does it really matter? To me, no, but to people who bet money, I'm pretty sure it does. Uh, moving right along, the Packers barely get by the Jaguars 24-20. to this game was close throughout the entire game until A-Rod did his thing 24-34 for 325 yards. To me, the game was too close to be the elite of the of the elite in the NFC. You can't be the elite of the elite in the NFC with wins like this, with plays like this. It's happened too much. I, I still like the Packers, but as far as the top, top of the NFC, that's not happening for me right now. Moving right along to the 415 game, the Bucks beat the Panthers 46 to 23. The Bucks have won four or five. They put themselves in the hole like I predicted, and they can come out of the hole like I predicted. But that number one seed for that much needed buy for Tom Brady does not look good. He did go 28-39, spreading the rock around for 341 yards and three TDs. Uh, Tony Totap is getting things together. Uh, we saw Chris Godwin. We saw Gronk yesterday. Evans did some things, too. Him and Brady are really trying to work on that relationship. Let's do remember that they are still working things out with players. So it's only going to get better from here. Teddy Bridgewater went out the game with an injury. So let's watch that from what they've said so far. Is everything is pretty good. They'll just have to monitor him this week. But nothing has been broken or anything like that. Uh, the Broncos lose to the Raiders 37-12. Las Vegas had five takeaways. Uh, the Broncos are sticking with Drew Locke. Uh, but what, he's one of the worst in the league right now. After yesterday, he's right now with seven touchdowns and 10 interceptions on 55% completion. Um, he has two running backs and young wideouts. I'm sorry, every game after week two, 
you know, pretty much since he's since he's come back after injury, he's thrown a pick. The Raiders are six and three and in second place. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr out doing their thing. Uh, it's a big division game against Kansas City coming up. They're the only team to beat them this season. So let's watch out for that. Let's see if they can make it two in a row. The Dolphins roll past the Chargers 29 to 21. Anthony Lynn, sir, I ain't going to lie to you. You're on the hot seat. You can't lose with a winning style quarterback like this. This rookie is really putting it all on the line for you. I, I've, I'm afraid to see what would have happened if you would have left Tyrod in there. I'm not saying Tyrod's bad, but this guy, Justin Herbert, is just giving this team so much life, and they're so competitive when they play. It's really disappointing to see them lose so many games and a lot of close games at that. It's definitely two a time in Miami. He's a perfect complement to that defense. He went 15-25 for 169 yards and two touchdowns. Remember, there is no running game in Miami. No running game whatsoever. Still doing all of this. Um, the Chargers are 2-7 and seven with three straight losses. Anthony Lynn, you got to turn it around, bro. Brian Flores, on the other hand, he's won 5-6 of six and in second place. Their next games are the Broncos, Jets, Bengals. That's a pretty promising future, man. Moving on to the game of the day. The Cars beat the Bills 32-30, making me rethink my MVP conversations every single week. We're going to hold off for this week so I don't sound stupid. I got to go out and have some come-to-Jesus moments. DeAndre Hopkins is that dude making it look like a lopsided trade. He's laughing all the way home. Bill O'Brien don't even have no job no more. He's on the couch while D-Hop out there catching touchdowns, having the time of his life. He's having a career year. Uh, Kyler Murray, all hell Murray. These are MVP games, like I'm saying, that we're watching right now. The comeback kid is at 6-3, and three, and he has to be creeping up into the MVP conversation if he's not there already. We had Josh Allen there. He's beat him. We had Russell Wilson there. He's beat him as well. It's very hard to keep him out of this conversation, but let's see how this division goes because, like I said, they are all tied up at the top. The cool game and the laughable game of the night, the Pats beat the Ravens 23-17 in the battle of the quarterbacks who can't pass. It was an extremely rainy night. It was a perfect Bill Belichick game. It was just so funny because I don't know why all week when I knew that this game was coming, I, it didn't dawn on me that there were two quarterbacks playing who people say back and forth or together that they can't pass. I've always said that Lamar can't throw. A lot of people said that Cam can't throw. So the game was, well, let's see who can. And then Cam went 13-17 for 118 yards and two TDs, kind of what he's been doing. Lamar didn't do bad, 24-34, 249. But he was always playing from behind, trying to throw it downfield. Then you mix in some inaccurate throws. Of course, I know it was raining, but he had those anyway. Then you have some drops that usually go on anyway. Um... And Cam, it just looked like they played the game that they've been playing over the past couple of weeks. I don't know why you throw the ball 34 times in the rain, but, you know, that's why I'm just reporting on it and the people who are out there on the field are coaching it. Um, but like I said, the Pats beat the Ravens 23-17. to Let's see if the Pats can kind of make a division out of this. The Bills, Dolphins, and Pats all play each other again, so let's watch out for that. Remember, like I said, uh, the Patriots and Cam, not too many plays away from being a more competitive team than what they are right now. Yes, I said competitive, even though they are not that good as far as talent-wise on paper. But put the right coach in the right situation, good things happen. Tonight on Monday Night Football, we got the Vikings at Soldier Field taking on the Bears. The Vikings look to close the gap back in the NFC North. 
Dalvin Cook looks to stay hot in the kitchen. Let's see which Nick Foles and Bears offense we'll see tonight. The Vikings are going for three straight. And also some breaking news for this game. Let's be on the watch for this. Matt Nagy is not calling plays anymore. Let's see if that has any effect on their offense. Rounding out the NFL, just to remind you, the Falcons, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Jets all had a bye this past week. But moving right along into some other sports. The Masters was this weekend. Dustin Johnson won the Masters getting his first green jacket by winning by five shots, one of the best finishes in history. He was the runner-up last year. So now, he, like I said, he does have his green jacket. It was his weekend from start to finish, uh, one of the largest margins of victory. Uh, Tiger played okay. Um, he didn't play too well in the final rounds for those that were watching out for him. He kind of laid an egg, put the ball in the water a couple of times. But all, all shout out to Justin, uh, to Dustin, excuse me, uh, on his win at Augusta. A uh, couple, a little bit of MLB news. Freddie Freeman beat out Mookie Betts and Machado for the NL MVP. Jose Abreu took home the hardware for the AL. That's all I have on that. Let's keep watching out because they do have free agency come up. So let's see what players go where. Uh, in boxing, Terrence Crawford beat Kale Brook in the fourth round via TKO to win, well, to win and retain his WBO welterweight championship. Uh, he hit him with a close, mean right hand and then pretty much finished it out about 30 seconds later. Um, the ref gave Brooke a chance to kind of regain himself. He really wasn't there. Um, but as soon as he kind of got back in there, he got knocked out a couple of seconds later. I love Terrence Crawford. Thinks he's one of the best. But you got to get on pay-per-view to be considered powerful pound to me. But, you know, congratulations on the victory. Get off fighting off of ESPN. Um, we don't speak on NCAA or college you know, matters too much. Um, but I do like Syracuse. So shout out to Jim uh, Beheim. Uh, he caught COVID. So I just hopefully he has a, a very, very good recovery. Um, they're looking to start basketball activities later on this month. So I know that put a hold on that. Um, like I said, I like him. So that's why I said something. But pretty much one of the reasons why I don't speak on NCAA is for reasons like this. So this past week, the NCAA declined to vote on two policies that look to expand opportunities for minority candidates to interview for high-profile jobs in the NCAA. Um, they have Oregon's Rooney Rule, and then there is the Russell Rule. Both of those are already out there, but they're not NCAA-wide. Um, they decided not to vote on both of them. Interesting. Um, and both, like I said, they're already out there. And, and both what both of them pretty much say is that you have to interview a, minor, a minority uh, with some other messy verbiage like qualified, I don't know what qualified means, or or traditionally unrepresented, you know, school, underrepresented school. I don't know what that means either. Of course, you can look it up, but I should be able to know what it is just from reading it. But moving right along, they didn't vote on either one of those, so you're not going to get too much airtime from me. Of course, keep the same energy. But once again, as we keep in the same energy, keep the same energy. Let's get back out and vote in January for the Senate runoff. Once again, this week, absentee ballots on November 18th will start going out. December 7th is the deadline to register. December 14th, early voting begins. And January 5th is the runoff and the last day to vote. Remember, if you just recently turned 18, you can register and vote in the Senate race runoff. Remember, once again, if you just recently turned 18, if you know somebody who just turned 18, that is another person we can get on the bandwagon and the train 
to peace and prosperity and everything else that we want to get accomplished, you know, equality, whatever, whatever word that you want to use. If they turn 18, register them to vote. Get them on the train now. Let's be the change that we want to see, people. I'm not saying it, you know, just out the corner of my neck, just for my breath, just for my health. I'm trying to make some changes here. Let's be the change. In closing, man, I always appreciate all the support, all the love, and everything else, man. Stack, pray, and stay out the way. It's been another episode of Just My Opinion Podcast. It's your host, B.A. <laughs>